0: Ugh, this is so boring. What else is on? Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, an animation podcast for geekygirlexperience.com. I'm Hope Molinax, and I make my friend Chris Honeywell watch all my favorite animated shows. In this episode, it's Gravity Falls' version of Halloween. Dipper and Mabel are excited to join in the fun, but the night gets complicated thanks to the Summerween trickster. Now they must trick or treat or die. We're talking about one of my personal favorite episodes of Gravity Falls this week, Summerween. How you doing, Chris?
1: Good. It's been like... Groundhog Day actually like all the weeks just are blending into each other.
0: I didn't realize we were already halfway through July and I was just like how
1: Summer's <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I always know that like it's halfway through the month when I start getting emails of like your bills for next month are due and I was like, "Wait, oh. what? What day is it?" <laughs>
1: In a weird day when we used to have two roommates here, one roommate would pay at the beginning of the month and the one and I would pay in the middle of the month. So today was today was rent day for me. So that's how I marked this month. But a coworker and I just sit in the car every day going to work going, Hey, it's groundhog day again. What day is it?
0: <laughs> that is pretty much this year. Twenty twenty yeah. has been like I, I on one hand, I feel like it's still April. On the other hand, I'm just like, is it November? (laughs) It feels like it's been an entire year.
1: Nobody's been going on vacations or going to cons or anything like that or getting anything to... Although I just saw one of the teenagers I used to work with is in Aruba. I'm like, what the hell are they doing in Aruba?
0: And they're going to come back and work at your place?
1: No, they don't work at my place anymore. They they used to work at my place. But it was one of the teenagers that always used to get advice from me and like... Apparently they're doing okay because they're in Aruba right now.
0: Oh, vacation or living?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm assuming vacation.
0: Maybe they just moved to Aruba just for the holiday. They're
1: lying or something, but they're taking pictures there. I don't know. (laughs) They're checking in on their Facebook from Aruba. (laughs) I didn't even know you could fly out of this country.
0: (laughs) Man, I want to... On one hand, I'm just like, I kind of want to go to a beach. And on the other hand, I'm like, nope. <laughs> my my mom lives in Florida, of course. Uh, it'd be really easy to just, like, take a weekend to go see my mom. But I don't fucking want to go to Florida right now.
1: <laughs> I would go to some, like, secluded beach that nobody knows about or something. If there is such a thing there. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. It might be okay. But, like, yeah.
0: And where I live in Georgia, like, the closest beach is, like, six hours away even if i just drove due east heading towards the coast it would still take me like six hours to get there so yeah it's not easy to get to the beach so i might just go you know make a little sand pit in my backyard and just like lay in the sand anyway let's go from summer to halloween what'd you think of this episode chris
1: i liked it a lot
0: i like this episode i mean this is one of my faves i absolutely adore this little episode (laughs) now what'd you like about it had
1: had a little dark edge to it. It was basically sort of like the Krampus for Halloween. I don't know if you've ever seen.
0: I know well, what the Krampus, is. Krampus,
1: but I don't know if you've ever seen any of the Krampus movies. But their, their Halloween monster is pretty much basically a version of Krampus for Halloween, which is excellent. I like it better than a Krampus for Christmas. I like some some something that will consume you if you don't have the Halloween spirit hmm. in the middle of July.
0: I think this episode is so smart for them to figure out a way to do a Halloween episode. Yeah,
1: All they right. managed to do a Halloween episode without without with having it feel like a weird sort of Halloween too. It was it was it was strange, but it was it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. One of my one of my notes is what how does this work as a Halloween episode? So we will definitely get to it. Well, you ready? Mhm. Ha. Ah. Summerween is the 12th episode of Gravity Falls, and it aired on October 5th, 2012. It was written by Zach Pies, Michael Rianda, and Alex Hirsch. It was directed by John Aoshima. The storyboard artists were Matthew Braley, Neil F. Graff, and Alonzo Ramirez-Ramos. This was the last episode to air in 2012, with the next episode not premiering until February 2013, over four months later, starting a chain of long hiatus stretches for the rest of the series. Some extra information for you. The Summerween Trickster is voiced by Jeff Bennett. With over 500 voice credits under his name, his other works include The Tick, The Loud House, Batman the Animated Series, being the voice of Johnny Bravo, and he won a Daytime Emmy for Penguins of Madagascar. The Summerween Trickster's second form is, is an homage to the character No-Face from How Miyazaki's movie Spirited Away. Remember that note. When oh we
1: get th- my God. You're right. I, you know, I noticed that, but my brain wasn't putting together where I'd seen it before. But I, yes. Oh my God.
0: Absolutely. And actually, remember that note because it comes up in uh, Dipper's journal entry, too. So, <laughs> Summerween is celebrated on June 22nd or the second to last Friday of June. It is notable that the summer solstice falls on or around that day each year. In many European countries, this day was associated with the same sort of witchery and tricks that modern Americans associate with Halloween. The bottom of the poster for Tambri's party says, Not s and approved. SP refers to standards and practices, which is a joke Alex Hirsch used because he was fed up with Disney censorships. He talked about that on the Nerdist Writers podcast, which you can hear in a clip right now!
2: It's weird the things you will win and the things you'll lose, and sometimes it makes no sense. We, we had an episode where uh, they, they, they have a um, D- Dipper gets a flyer from Wendy for a Halloween party and it, just, it said on it, like, Halloween party, um, uh, bottles will be spun. No photos better wind up online. And they're like, bottles will be spun. Spin the bottle reference. I- impossible. Never on the Disney Channel. And I was like, alright, like, you could watch Happy Days and, like, that wouldn't be offensive. Like, what decade are you guys living in? And they're like, the party is unsupervised, what could happen when they spin the bottle? I'm like, people will kiss each other. I don't I don't know. And they're like, you've got to change that. So, like, I fought them, and I was like, I was watching episodes of, like, Austin and Allie, like, there's got to be a spin-the-bottle reference I can call them on. And, like, finally, like, it was after, like, five emails, they were like, we're not budging. We're not budging. We budged before. This is the last straw. So I was like, okay. Uh, replace um, bottles will be spun with not S&P approved. Um, I was just basically being a dick at that point. Um, and they were like, Our audience won't understand that reference. I'm like, yeah, but is it like against the rules? And they're like, not S&P approved has been approved by S&P.
0: So I actually sent that clip to you. Isn't that crazy?
1: Yeah, standards and practices are like that. I'm sure they do catch things that could probably keep them out of trouble. But for the most part, like they got to just do things to justify their existence so it's like you're almost always going to just run into little stupid problems with them yeah. like this. I mean, I'm going I, to they, they landed a dirtier joke than spin the bottle in this the, episode while getting it past standards and practice.
0: And the thing is, what makes this even more funny is there's already a spin the bottom bottle reference in Gravity Falls. Back spin in the, the episode, bottom
1: is a, Spin the bottom is a different game altogether.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but back in the episode Legends of the Gobblewonker, Grunkle Stan says when the kids come back at the end of the episodes, I thought you two were off with Seuss playing spin the bottle. Like he actually says that in episode two. So I don't know why like suddenly in this episode, they're all like, no, spin right. the bottle.
1: Just because they got a cat. Although it like they adamantly were against it. I, I listened to this clip before I watched the program. And then when I was done with it, I was like, oh my god, we don't even go to the party. We don't even yeah. see the party. So nothing's even... Ha- There's no spin in the bottle happening in the party. All we hear is it was lame from Wendy at the end of it. So it was even le- like... It even was just seemed more like a random thing that they wanted to get upset about. They seem to f- catch stuff visually, you know, written down stuff in this show from what he's been talking about more so than they get away with some of the dialogue in it because... As I said, when we get into the show, they get away with a they get a dirty joke in here that's pretty uh, pretty rude. <laughs> and
0: the thing is, back in the Gobblewonker episode, when they use the spin in the bottle reference, to me that's worse because Grunkle Stan's like, "Oh, you two brother and sister who are underage were off making out with an adult man," and I was like, "That's way worse than just bottles will be spun on a poster
1: <laughs> in a teenage party." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, way worse. But actually, while I was researching this one point, I found another bit of censorship that I didn't know about. So apparently, the design of Grunkle Stan's Fez changes halfway through season one. And it was because the Shriners Hospital was threatening to sue Disney for Hirsch using the symbol on Stan's Fez. And I just always thought it was just like an animation thing, like, you know, because animation is not always consistent from episode to episode, which is normal for most shows. I didn't realize it was because they were going to be sued. And then furthermore, when Gravity Falls was being released on Disney+, Plus, Disney completely removed the image from Stan's fez. And Alex had to put, made this information public. And from when Alex first spoke up in an outcry from fans, they forced Disney's hands to put it back into the show. For a reason that I can't go much further into. So yeah, I did not know that like Dan's Fez was being sued by the Shriners Hospital of all things.
1: Yeah, I, well the Shriners are an organization in themselves. I don't know why the sh- I guess the Shriners Hospital seems like a more sympathetic thing to sue from though than just the Shriners organization.
0: It, it might it might have been the Shriners organizations, When I typed in Shriners. Shriners Hospital was the first thing that comes up. And my, my yeah. knowledge of Shriners is they're the old guys that stand at four-way stops and gets money and then yeah, help that's my
1: Yeah, they're car. a lodge. They're a lodge. They're like the Elks Club.
0: Oh, okay.
1: You know, or so, something like that, yes. And they, and they have the Fezzes that have that distinctive tassel and, and symbol on them. Yeah. We've but got a there's... couple of them in the house. <laughs>
0: Well, as always, Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons is broken into several parts. Part one will be our stories, themes, and characters. Part two will read from different journals. Part three will be Chris's speculations and theories. And part four will talk about the ciphers and connections to previous episodes. So, Chris, what was your favorite part of the episode? I got three. I got two.
1: (laughs) It was just a brief thing. Blink and you'll miss it. But I love the count discount candy <laughs> it
0: had like great. it had like a
1: cheap looking count chocula on and it, it just said count discount
0: i like homework the candy <laughs> and gummy chairs
1: gummy chairs i liked uh waddle soup i know and uh i like the kid saying i've been traumatized
0: i just like this is Gorny's first episode and he just walks up and goes hi i'm gorney
1: he's eating. basically <laughs> ralph wiggums from the the simpsons I'm in danger.
0: Oh my god! Yeah. And I, just, I like that he doesn't do anything, but apparently they all just know him. Eaten. And I like Grinda's reaction, because the audience has known him for literally three seconds, but Grinda's like, Gourney! No! <laughs> <laughs> it's so dramatic for a three-second moment. Um, my favorite part of the episodes is I just love everything with the trickster. The Summer Ween trickster is my favorite monster of this entire series i love him i love especially his first form like i like the nod to no face but i love his first form with the hat and the mask and like he kind of looks like a scarecrow yeah Uh, yeah
1: he's a scarecrow sort of character
0: yeah and he his voice is so hot and my god (laughs) i love his voice and uh Hope loves those
1: bad guys.
0: I love a good villain. You know me, I love a good villain. And he's just, I like how he's constant, even when he's in his first form, he's constantly like growing and stretching. His design is so cool. And then there's the reveal that he has this like second form, like he's a boss battle. And then he turns into this whole different kind of creature. I just, I love the trickster. There's so much to him. And there's it starts off with this mystery and then it just gets more monstrous. And he's very this is the first time in Gravity Falls that I remember. I felt like something was actually truly threatened, like seeing- this,
1: this thing said, I'm going to kill you at the end of the episode. <laughs> and they made sure that he ate a little kid mercilessly at the beginning to, to set the tone for him, you know? Because in a show like this, you could have the creature be like, I'm going to eat somebody, and you're like, Yeah, whatever. You know, we're going to find out that he's just something different at the end and stuff. But when he's like, and if you don't get me 500 candies, I'll kill you, chomp, and then like takes out the cutest, the cutest, the <laughs> cutest little kid that just sort of that just walks up innocently and might have all that kid might even have had all the Halloween spirit, uh, uh, summerween spirit in the world too, and the and he just got eaten up, and eventually Seuss gets chomped too. So it's just like. Yeah, they make him a realistic, as far as the show goes, a pretty realistic threat.
0: Yeah, and when we get to the connections to previous episodes, I'm going to lay out how the the trickster has already murdered three characters we've seen before. So, <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, and my other favorite part is, I've always loved the jack o I think that's just so clever. I've always thought that jack o were such a clever thing.
1: Well, I like that they're shaped like footballs too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they're watermelons. I and I want to do that one day. I want to get a watermelon and I want to make a jack-o'-melon. Like it's it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while now. And every time summerine rolls around, I'm always just like, damn it, I miss summerween. And I just I've always thought that jack-o'-melons was just the most clever thing in the world. I don't I just I love them so. All right, well, let's get into this episode. Um, where do you want to start? I have some petty notes, I have some small notes, and then I have the bigger notes about the twins. Where do you want to start? Did um, you catch the two alien jokes? The two nods to alien?
1: Well, one was where I, I, obvi- I got the, the one with the pig coming out of his stomach is obvious. I didn't catch the second one.
0: When Seuss is bursting out of uh, the trickster. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's the same gag twice, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then there's uh, a Yoda reference too. Did you get that one?
1: Oh, of course. I mean, it was right on the nose, and it was they were literally <laughs> he was literally telling them they would be afraid.
0: You will be. <laughs> you will be. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Well, where do you want to start? You want to start with story characters?
1: Let's do the characters. I'm I'm naming the show Puberty Falls. <laughs> That's what it's Puberty. about. <laughs> I, That's what so about. Just... I mean, there's a family aspect of, of it about, but it's about it's about dealing with family as twins. You, so you got a boy and a girl at the same age going through puberty together. And this is all this this episode was the most puberty. Even though there's been like dating and stuff, this I thought thematically was the most puberty episode. Pubisode <laughs> yet. Because This was about, like, you're changing interests. You know, I mean, they they spelled it right out at the end when she's just like, you know, I know we're going to lose interest in Halloween. I just didn't know this was going to be our last Halloween. But that's a a true thing about life is they're in that that phase where they're putting aside their childish things or they're getting more interested in more adult things. And the, the, the push and pull of that.
0: Yeah, like, I I really like Mabel's role in the story because, like, her her theme for the entire show is holding on to childhood while Dipper's trying to grow up quickly. And so this whole thing is, like, trying to remember and hold on to these childhood milestones. Because I, I was thinking about Halloween, and I loved Halloween when I was a kid. And I still love Halloween now, but it's very different, you know, like... I can't actively go, like, as a 32-year-old tr- trick-or-treating. It's going to be weird. Yeah. But what I can do is I've gone trick-or-treating before with my nieces and nephews, which is just as fun, but it's a very different kind of fun. It's not the same as when I used to do Halloween when I was a it's kid. It's like
1: taking your kids to Star Wars. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was uh, talking—my my friend Megan just had a baby, and we were talking about her baby's first Halloween was going to be coming up in October— and I was like, are you going to take her trick-or-treating? And of course, we're in coronavirus world. So the very first answer was, well, we're going to have to see what the coronavirus is doing. But if if it's a, if it's, you know, not coronavirus-y, she was like, we're absolutely going trick-or-treating with our baby just to get free candy. You know, <laughs> just to have an excuse to get free candy. I, I love Mabel's story in this one because Dipper is actually interesting because before Wendy and Robbie ever showed up, Dipper's excited. He's excited about Halloween. He's like, yeah, we used to trick or treat and like we used to do all these things. But it's when Robbie and Wendy show up. And they're just and, and I think it's Robbie and Robbie is just like, "Ah, oh, trick or treatings for kids. Dipper's like, yeah, 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 it, it is, I guess. And he absolutely gets peered pressured into being the inciting incident of this this story.
1: Well, he's partly peer pressured into it, and also he wants to go to that party because Wendy's there. So he's, he Absolutely. wants to do he wants to do the more adult activities. Yeah, he makes he kind of makes a dick out of himself in this episode by like just stubbornly refusing to participate <laughs> and endangering everybody's lives.
0: <laughs> and, and that's the thing is that like, I, I was trying to imagine if, if Robbie and Wendy never showed up. Would there even be an episode like even then, like, you know, he was throwing out the loser candy. But, you know, when that submarine twi- trickster shows up, I wonder if he would have not been like, oh, hey, man, nice costume. I wonder if 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 they hadn't have shown up, would this have been a different episode?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> that, that, I, I mean, it wouldn't have provided the, the plot to the <laughs> That was the plot of this episode. That's so that, I, that was the, the the incident that everything hinges on. So, yeah.
0: But it, it was just so interesting watching Dipper in this episode because we've had so many episodes now where, let's see, the ghost episode, um, oh, what was the other one that was very recent? Anyway, like there's been a few times now where Dipper has been caught in a lie and he keeps getting caught in these lies and he's been ha- being, held accounted for, like, being held accountable for it. So like with the ghost episode, he had to, you know, admit that he was a kid and he was embarrassed by it. And what was the other one? It was Fight Fighters with Rumble McSkirmish. He was caught in a lie with Rumble, and Robbie actually got hurt. So we're, we're going through all these motions of, like, first Dipper's embarrassed with the ghost when he gets caught in his lie, and then he gets caught in his lie with Rumble, and Robbie almost gets hurt, and Dipper has to face it. But now here, like, he's doubling down so much on this lie that he's putting everyone in danger and also mabel gets injured in the process and she has every right to hold him accountable and being upset with him for pretty much lying this whole time i i kind of think like if he would have just came out and been like there's this party that I want to go to, but there's this trickster thing. Like I think if you would at least talk to Mabel, like
1: yeah, it wouldn't we, bro- but, but came but we're out saying this, way. this is we're saying this is post puberty people too. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: That's the thing. They're fighting their the physical force of their body. Yeah. You know, kids that age into like adulthood are just like you might as well ju- they might as well just be a a frothed up vat of chemicals mm-hmm. just constantly changing the proportion of all the chemicals but either way it's just yeah it's it's a mess
0: (laughs) yeah and yeah and And and
1: it makes people lie and it makes people act stupid and irrational and and emotional and uh yeah so it's like a great wellspring for dramatic stories
0: (laughs) oh yeah and i know i'm being critical on dipper but i also clearly understand he is 12 he's gonna be doing dumb yeah. stupid things yeah I'm no dumb, this
1: is this is
0: well.
1: yeah this, these are the stories of lessons getting learned you know this is how you learn lessons, lessons. getting
0: learned while trying not to die <laughs>
1: Right. well yeah
0: yeah i mean yeah
1: everybody's <laughs> life has a has a whole string of places where you probably could have died or you know did something that could have killed you
0: my favorite one where i almost died that my mom constantly holds over my head was i was waiting for the bus and it was raining so we were sitting in the car at the end of the driveway waiting for the bus and when it was coming my mom said don't jump because we had this little divot at the end of our driveway and my mom was like don't step in the puddle i want you to go over the puddle and i was like okay so when the bus shows up and comes to a stop me not looking both ways across the street didn't realize that a dump truck was blowing past the school bus so i just jumped over this puddle just like my mommy told me and this dump truck probably missed me by about five feet like my mom was screaming in the car i could hear her screaming i saw my bus driver screaming and i was well, just your like your bus what? driver was
1: probably yeah everybody's life was flashing ahead of him. were you totally unaware of it
0: I was absolutely unaware of it. I didn't even see the dump truck. And my mom was like, yeah, and you just followed what I told you to do. You just jumped right over that puddle almost into your death. And I think yep. about that all the time.
1: That would have been, the if yeah, that would have been like the ultimate horror story.
0: <laughs> I was, I didn't, I don't even remember the dump truck. I just remember my mom screaming at me and not jumping in the puddle, which is actually kind of telling of Dipper. He probably doesn't realize how much he is hurting Mabel until it comes to a head. He seems like he's very unaware of it because he's just, I, just like how I was, I was so focused on not getting in that dump truck or not jumping in that puddle that I didn't see the dump truck. He's so focused on trying to get to this party with Wendy that he's not realizing how much he's upsetting his sister. I yeah. You know?
1: I, rem- I remember having that just laser focus of wanting to get what you wanted at that age. Mm-hmm. It was almost
0: obsessive. Absolutely. So I, I like this story. I think this is the first time I think we've seen the twins like truly, really upset each other. Mostly Mabel. Like, yeah, they fought. And they fought last week with the shrink ray thing. This is different because it feels it was more, more Mabel. Personal.
1: It was more Mabel. Like, he wasn't mad at Mabel. He was just like yeah. trying to get out of it. She was She was pissed.
0: It felt very personal and more... More dramatically personal than previous fights, and it, it, and I think it's because it's Mabel because Dipper gets mad all the time, but like Mabel tends to blow stuff off. Like we've even seen her before, like wanting to forgive Pacifica until Pacifica doubled down on it. But like when I, it's kind of that feeling like when Mabel's mad, you know you fucked up.
1: Yeah, well she does. She does the. She gave him the cold literal cold shoulder in this one.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I also just like Grinda and Candy in this episode. I think they're really fun to tag along on the adventure. And Zeus. Seuss is great on this adventure as well.
1: <laughs> the Seuss is the one who saves the day all throughout. Like this is this is has a great bit of writing in it when they're going when Mabel's going like, Dipper, we got you for your intelligence, you for this, and then and Seuss is Seuss. Yeah. And and she sort of plays it like, ah, we don't really know what Seuss does. But in fact, Seuss is the one who like saves them in the beginning by hitting the thing with his car and then and then and then savagely murdering him <laughs> later on in yeah. the in the in the episode. And it's funny because it it, it just shows that like a character like hey Seuss is too complicated. You can't be like this is what Seuss brings to the table in one word he's more complicated of a character and it's funny because he gets the short shrift of it all but he's the one who like he's the, without him they wouldn't have made they wouldn't even made it to the end of this story so yeah i just thought that was pretty clever
0: i also like that moment when have, having it be seuss like show like telling them the town more like he pulls out the flashlight and he is like informing them of this like this myth what's it called uh, what, what the Mothman is, what is it called? Not a cryptid, but um, like local lore legends. My my brain's not working tonight.
1: Like a leg- legend. Urban, is legends. What... urban
0: legends. Urban legends. Urban legends. yes. I couldn't yes. think of the word urban. Urban was escaping me. I like him being in this kind of position of the urban legend. And when Candy shows him the photo of the trickster, he knew exactly what it was. So I'm just like, has Seuss met the trickster before? <laughs> How does he know this? He was like, yep, that's the trickster. You're in trouble. <laughs> I really like Seuss in this role of just kind of rolling along with these adventures. This is what, like his third adventure now, and he just goes right along with it.
1: Yeah, that's his. he's the zen master of this, this show.
0: But I did want to point out another thing. So Disney, they can't get away with this show of saying the words, you suck, or the words, bottles will be spun. But Seuss can eat the candy heart of a dying guy. <laughs> Because they yeah. purposely drew, like, his heart. And that's what Seuss is eating, is the trickster's heart. And I'm like, they can get away with that?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, at the end of the show, the darkest, the the darkest, most perverse ending ever is Seuss just there. Grunkle Stan saying, like, hey, we love pure evil. And then and then, <laughs> Seuss saying, I ate a man alive today.
0: <laughs> uh, so, did you like Candy and gran in this episode, too?
1: Sure, they were just sort—they of, were—they were just sort of stuck in there. But it's good to see him back.
0: I like having um, extra people their age just to bounce off too. You know. I, I
1: like that Stan addressed her voice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go there, sweetie. Why does everyone tell me that? Speaking of Stan, what would you think of his little B plot?
1: For one, dirtiest joke yet in the show. Yet they couldn't do spin the bottle. Is you totally think Stan has exposed himself to these two little kids. I know. They totally set it up to Stan exposing himself, I'm gonna say it again, to two little kids. Like the joke is the two little kids aren't scared of anything till they see a grown man naked. That's a rude joke. But then of course they show Stan he's in his underwear and, and just looking old and hairy and whatever. But we know where that joke what that joke meant. And then the next scene the first line out of Stan's mouth is, "How's it hanging?" Come I didn't,
0: on. I, I didn't go that second route, but yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, literally, it's, it's, it's a literal cutaway. The, the next cut, he's sitting in the chair, and and Dipper and Mabel walk in. and He goes, "Hey, how's it hanging?" And it's just like, oh, geez. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed that if I was in standards and practices. If I was in standards and practices, I would be Mabel. I would be like, everything is legal.
0: But-
1: <laughs> I would have definitely I would have definitely seen that in standards of practice and been sitting there myself going, "Hmm, let's see if any of these other suckers see this."
0: I like this Dan storyline. I love how petty he is. He's just so petty because all he wants to do and, it, and it's kind of set up last episode with Gideon where get like he's his now his rival is this tiny child boy. But I love this one because it's all about his own personal confidence and he's just so obsessed with scaring these two ch- kids and he takes it so personal. See,
1: I don't take it as petty. I take it as well, it, I mean everything he it's does really, is kind of petty.
0: But it, I take it's it It's really personal to him to scare well, these two kids. Yeah, I take
1: it I take it as he's d- like in his mind he's doing them a favor cuz that's what you Halloween you, know, you can get your candy and stuff. But the best Halloweens are when you get you know when you have the hell scared out of you. And so he's, he's providing <laughs> that to, he's like, this uh, covers my per- you know my hate of humanity and it gives these kids a Halloween to remember. And I think those kids, it became a challenge to him. It became like, okay.
0: <laughs> and they, you know, a
1: ma- it became a matter of pride. <laughs>
0: it did. And that's what I mean by like it becomes so personal. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 i understand but, that
0: but yeah same here because i also super relate to stan on that too because there have been times where you know i i used to i've worked retail for 15 years and i i had a lot of younger employees or even customers who are like teenagers while i'm in my late 20s early 30s and there are just times where i'm just like these next generation of kids what's wrong with them why are they doing this I don't understand. And then I feel very, very old. I will never forget the time I had to explain to my much younger co-worker what Y2K was. And I felt so old. <laughs> it was when I was working at Spencer's and we had a mug that had like, oh, you know, you were born in the year 1999 if you knew what Y2K was. And she was like, Hope oh, what's Y2K? And I was like, oh, God, you're so young.
1: You don't Um, know how old that makes me feel, because I was like a fully, (laughs) Y2K, I was a full adult working a job.
0: I was in middle school at Y2K, (laughs) I was in middle school, but yeah, I, I super relate to Stan on this as well, because I remember even having customers who were teenagers, and I was in my late 20s, where they were just like little shits, and I was like, I will best you, small person. I will destroy you because you're in the store because I'm also the manager. <laughs>
1: Literally, two. I spent Y2K. My roommate and I, and we had a third roommate who lived in New York City, and he was going to New York City and we're like, you're crazy to go to New York City for Y2K New Year's Eve. And he left and had a great time, and we got some horrifying flu. and I spent Y2K in the, the very room that this was my bedroom at the time, in the very room that I'm in, just like curled up in a ball, like taking turns throwing up in the bathroom. With my other roommate.
0: I remember my Y2K because I was listening to the Top Forty countdown, and they were doing the Band of the Century, and I was so excited because In Sync one Song of the Century that what? night. I I know it was I. They were the big thing at the time, but they won like and was I was just Casey so, Kasem's top 40. It was like Rick D's Rick, Rick D's. D's, Yeah, they won Song of the Century. And I was so obsessed with Boy Rands at the time. I was I just lost myself. And I I remembered the panic. Wow. My parents were like, all right, it's almost midnight. Everything's going to go out. And I was like, I don't care. Instinct's the best band of the century.
1: <laughs> more like instinct. I'll fight you.
0: We'll come back to NSYNC in a couple episodes. I oh. promise it becomes a thing in Gravity Falls. <laughs> we'll come back to insync. I think my favorite was when I had to when I was the manager of a comic book store uh, a couple years ago, and we and we still had like a brick and mortar, and we would have like snotty teenagers coming all the time, and we had this one really dick guy who just. Couldn't accept that females worked in a comic book store. Like, my God. And we had a majority female staff. Uh, It was, like, four women and, like, three guys. So he, he just would try and give me and my three coworkers hell. And we just got to the point where we would just troll the fuck out of this teenager because he would try to, like, test our knowledge and he would pick up books and be like, do you know what this is about? And if we didn't know, we would just make shit up because we knew he didn't know. And right. right. And if it ever escalated, I got to pull my favorite adult move, which was I was the manager and I could be like, sir, you're disrupting our workplace. If you're not going to purchase something, then I'm going to have to call security and you'll have to leave. And he'd be like... <laughs> And I was like, yay for being the adult manager and fucking with a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best. The only other thing I had is I just wanted to talk about the trickster as a monster and just kind of like Halloween as a whole in Gravity Falls. So let's start with Halloween. How do you think this works as a Halloween episode?
1: It's sort of halfway there. It doesn't feel super Halloweeny, but I don't think they tried to. I think they wanted it to be sort of a weird, like they got to do some Halloween stuff and and make some fun of some of the Halloween. I like that they made fun of the pop up Halloween stores and the annoying, digitized talking things. But um, it it still fu- it had its own feel to it.
0: I it disagree. Had- this is to me is like one of the best Halloween episodes. It has everything it needs and plus heart and lore and character and a monster like to me like this is a super Halloween episode but go on (laughs) 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 you don't have to agree with me it's
1: got a lot of the trappings of Halloween but like Halloween it didn't have that fall sort of feel to it you know which is one of the major things of Halloween like the you know orange trees and and stuff like that so it had a lot of like off visual aspects to it so as it would in being in july so it was you've it never, was a little strange but it was i i liked it
0: you've never done halloween in florida and it's clear
1: <laughs> no i have i have not done halloween or california or something like that but no i haven't i've been in a very i've been in a <laughs> it gets very halloweeny here you know all the all the trees are bare and up against the sky you know that time of year the sky is usually orange at sunset so yeah leaves all over the ground yeah i'm used to like halloween and christmas we get the atmosphere i've been in florida for christmas before not the same thing
0: like the times i visited halloween in florida um, with my family, it's like palm trees and 85 degrees outside. Yeah. Yeah. And when you go around, like they'll give out sangria for the adults because it's nice and fruity and it's surreal. Cause like even here in Georgia, like Halloween, like we're lucky if it gets into like the sixties to the seventies right. at night right. in October. So it's still it has like that touch of chill, but it's still very warm in Georgia. So It was just very surreal to do Halloween with, like, palm trees in Florida. But, like, to me, like, what makes this, like, super Halloween-y is it has the fun of Halloween as a child, you know? It really does a good job of capturing that. One of my favorite things is just seeing all the townspeople doing costumes as well. One of these days, I will do Lazy Susan's Yarn, yarn cat costume. Like I see it in my head. I know how I want to do it. I'm gonna just stick like stuffed cats to it. Oh, like, I
1: thought those were her real cats with masks on. I was like gonna be like, are, how are you gonna get how are you gonna get masks on cats. your cats? <laughs> those those <laughs> are her cats. the mask on a cat.
0: <laughs> but when I do it, I'm just gonna do stuffed cats stuck to it. Cause I, but I do want it one of these days to do Lacey Susans. But I, I think it like absolutely captures like the essence of Halloween. And then you have the trickster. What did you think about the trickster?
1: I liked that at the end he was a pathetic character.
0: <laughs> the crying makes it awkward.
1: Well, he's crying candy corns too, which was
0: it is great. so
1: awkward? Yeah, no, he was a great character.
0: Yeah, we kind of talked about him at the top of the episode, but... I, I mean, he,
1: I think it's the first character that's just flat out got killed.
0: <laughs> I believe you're right. I get, not, I mean, not
1: much gets... Not, not, not many people like... Threatened to kill. There's not much, like, death threats in this. Or, like, where it, this one was like, I'm going to kill you. And then Seuss killed him. <laughs> Twice.
0: <laughs> yeah, the closest I can think is the ghost, but then they're ghosts. They died, but then they became ghosts, so it yeah, doesn't really they're just, count. Go,
1: they're just going back into ghost world or something like that. This guy's ceased to exist. <laughs> This guy went into Seuss's belly, or at least his vital organ, enough vital organs did to wipe him out.
0: <laughs> I know. I I was actually imagining, like, the poor, like, summer wean worker, you know, post-summer wean, they would have to come and do, like, clearance and shut down the store and just comes in, and there's just this big dead monster in the uh,
1: store. <laughs> no, I figure he's just a big glob of, like, candy, and they just hose him down the, you know, hose him into the street.
0: <laughs> but that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else?
1: No, I think that I think that gets about all my uh, about all my notes.
0: All right, so now we're moving on to the next part where I read from Dippers' journal, and this time it is, of course, about my precious baby boy, the Summerween tw- Trickster. So this is from Dippers' point of view from journal number three, <clears throat> the Summerween Trickster, the scariest. Slash goofiest monster we've encountered so far. And then it has a picture of Gorny drawn beside the trickster. And it says, that kid isn't just there for scale. We saw the trickster swallow him whole. I ticked him off for not having enough enthusiasm about a made-up local holiday called Summerween. And he almost destroyed us. Tall, stretchy body is the stuff of nightmares and taffy are made of. Really easily offended. If I was a 13 foot tall immortal monster, I think I would be less touchy. Raspy voice, which Grinda said was super hot. I worry about her sometimes. Can mo- okay, this was the spirit out of a joke. I said, keep remember this. He can morph its body into Mr. Faceless from the anime movie The Cranky Girl Who Does Chores in Spirit Town. That's so funny. <laughs> i'm just like alex you funny bitch mabel has watched this movie 82 times he rips his clothes at every transformation which explains all the stitches but after chasing us around town all night he revealed his true nature to us the guy is made of loser candy something like 30 years of loser candy and all he ever wanted was for someone to eat him the scariest thing I saw on Summerween Eve was Seuss actually eating the Summer the Summerween Trickster. The second scariest thing was Stan trying to get into a girdle for his vampire costume, and that is the journal entry for the Summerween Trickster. I died when I read the Spirited Away joke. I was just like, that is so funny because it's so on the nose. <laughs> All right, well, time for my favorite part of this. Chris, what are your speculations and theories?
1: Well, now that I've got this down as a puberty, as Puberty Falls, there's two puberty episodes I'm looking forward to. The one where Mabel hits her rebellious streak and gets angry or Pimples. And at first I sort of thought, ah, Pimples are too easy of a puberty joke. But on, on Puberty Falls, it would be perfect because like dipper could start getting pimples and then he's got to go someplace with wendy so maybe he finds some sort of magical cream that he thinks will get rid of his pimples and you know we'll give him like grapefruit size pimples or something like that so that's that's my prediction pimples and and mabel's mabel's rebellious streak
0: going back into episode that would have been so funny if one of them when they were doing the shrink ray episode if at some point, one of them was like, is that a pimple? And they just blew it up, and they were like, ah!
1: <laughs> it was so big, it, like, weights their head down, yeah.
0: Or even if they were just like, is that a pimple on Gideon? And they just make make it huge, and Gideon's like, ah, oh, my face! <laughs> now, thinking backwards for the last week, that would have been really funny. Okay, that's interesting. Any other predictions or anything?
1: Nope, that's it.
0: Sounds good. All right, for the next part, we get into the ciphers and connections to a previous episode. Okay, so we have to go back a little bit because this one is not very obvious. This this connection to a previous episode takes some digging. So do you remember in the ghost episode with the convenience store, Ma and Pa had heart attacks because three teenagers outside their store were dancing and playing music, right?
1: Right, right.
0: Something that's very normal with Disney Channel shows is they'll release like little side games and stuff like that that you can play online or on tablets or on phones and stuff. and they do this just so like kids can do stuff and interact with their websites and stuff like that. There was a side game release called Pine's Quest and it was a tie-in with the Rumble McSkirmish Fight Fighters episodes a couple weeks uh, a couple episodes ago. And then Pine's Quest, the plot is Dipper and Mabel realize that everything's turned into an eight-bit game and they have to escape the game. While they're doing this, and and actually, the town of Gravity Falls becomes the game, and they have to fix Gravity Falls because now Gravity Falls is inside a video game. As they're going through the game, the player can find a gravestone with the names of those three teenagers that we see both in the flashbacks in this episode and in the ghost episodes, and it has their names on it, and their tombstone says that they ran afoul of a trickster. And of course, in this episode, we see them dumping their loser candy. And that's when the trickster comes to life is after they dump the loser candy. So it's heavily implied between the game and this episode that the Summerween trickster murdered those three teenagers from the inconveniencing flashback. Excellent. <laughs> I know.
1: More murder.
0: It takes some digging to find like all that connection. But yeah, it's it's very heavily implied that they murdered him. Uh, that he murdered the three of them. So and as always there's a cryptogram at the end of every episode. And once it's deciphered, the cryptogram for this episode reads Brought to you by Homework the Candy. And Homework the Candy was one of the loser candies that Dipper threw out.
1: Still not as good as Count Discount, but...
0: Count Discount is very good. <laughs> I also wonder if like discount chocula would have been a good one too.
1: Discount Chocula would have been way better. Discount Chocula is way better.
0: But I wonder if it was too close and on the nose that it was too close to Count Chocula. they could have
1: if they... called it like Discount Chocula or something like that.
0: Yeah, I wonder if they. But
1: yeah, they... no, that that rolls off the. T- that's a lot funnier.
0: Hey Chris, you know what time it is? It's time to thank our wonderful patrons. Oh. As always, I want to say a very special thank you to Billy. I love you, Len. Hey, I love you too. Patrick, we always care for you. Of course, my wonderful friends, Brian, and Alex, who are the most loveliest of people. Kate, being one of my funniest people I know. I love you, boo. And as always, Heather, you have come with us from J Guys and Jedi. You're here now. I hope you're enjoying your stay. My wonderful patrons, I love you so much. We couldn't do the show without you. Thank you so much for all your support. All right. So, Chris, final thoughts of the episode. Wrap it up for uh, me.
1: I liked it a lot. I, I, I think I liked the last episode a little better, but I like this one a lot. I like that they uh, turned up the turned the monster up to 11 and, and got some. So We've, we've dark it. it it's, it's sufficient. I don't know if this is a turn in the series or just because it's the Halloween episode. But this one was this one was a little darker than usual. So I liked it.
0: Do you, do you think maybe I just talked it up so much that it didn't hit that expectation? Because it was one of my personal favorites?
1: No, because I don't I don't allow... I, I, I try not to allow my expectations to get jacked up too much. When, when it started, I was like, oh yeah, this is one of the ones Hope was really looking forward to. It's not that I don't like it. It's just maybe not one of my favorites like it's one of your favorites, but...
0: Yeah, that's fine. I mean... So there's there's no I'll try bad. i like, or hope. No no you're fine you're fine there's uh, no I... there's no bad episode of Grouty Falls like it's it's just like well, we'll I like
1: see about that.
0: It's more oh, yeah, like that sounds like a challenge to me hope. <laughs> next week we will hate the episode. Next week
1: I'm gonna maybe I'll really hate next week's episode let's just see.
0: Blood and hatred for next week we're taking you out boss table. <laughs> How my throat. Well, as for me, this is personally one of my favorite episodes of Gravity Falls. I love the Summerween Trickster. I think it's a great Halloween episode. He's my favorite monster of the entire series. I love Dipper and Mabel's story. It's so much more personal. Um, Seuss is so good in this episode as well. And I just love Stan's side story. It's just so so petty and personal and prideful and i as, love everything as the about stories
1: it. usually are
0: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's true he is the king of being petty he's super petty next week and i can't wait for you to see it. <laughs> well where can people find you chris
1: you can find me at 2truefreaks.com That's our website where the Two True Freaks podcast lives. And we got all our shows there. You can subscribe to them from, from the website or you can subscribe to them from iTunes. And we are also on Facebook. We got the Two True Freaks podcast page and the Two True Freaks Cantina, which is sort of hangout page. And we are even on Twitter the evil twitter which i've been actually dipping my toes into and
0: it was so funny you guys because chris hasn't used twitter since like what like 2012 or something
1: it's and out of like four or five years yeah something out like of that
0: nowhere he sends me a message of like hey i'm on twitter and i was like are you in trouble is this your cry for help what are you doing here are you yeah, okay I'm not-
1: I'm not in trouble. Somebody else is in trouble. That's all I'm gonna say.
0: I and I don't t- shit shit my pants when I saw you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's I I don't like I don't like Twitter, but sometimes sometimes you gotta you gotta use the tools at hand. I guess <laughs> and that's why I appreciate Gene G and the podcasting machine because
0: sorry i was gonna i was gonna
1: do the song and then you just, <laughs> <laughs> you just got a little beep out i i appreciate gene gene the podcasting machine for for running our twitter page so that i don't have to
0: now i feel like i missed my opportunity to do the song gene <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah that's where you can find me where can they find you hope
0: well, of course, this is the animation podcast for GeekyGirlExperience.com. You can read all my reviews over there. I also have just started making uh, Gravity Falls merchandise under my Etsy store. Um, and I made a couple with also, also with Chris's wonderful help. Thank you so much, Chris, with your help for that.
1: I pushed a button.
0: Uh, I talked to a friend and had access to a thing, so now I can push the button.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! So-
0: but we uh, we have Waddles merchandise up on my Etsy store. So if you look up Geeky Girl Experience on, on Etsy, you can get some stuff with Waddles on it. And I drew it myself, and I'm super proud of it. So you can check that out. Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Hope HopeMalnax. I also do a podcast with Chris called Jay Guys and Jedi, where we talk about Star Wars animation. Um, and the Twitter for J Guys and Jedi is at J Guys and Jedi. And yeah! And I also write fanfiction on Archive of Our Own over under the name Chaos Lydia. So you can check that out too. So, all right. So you want to hear the title for next week's episode, Chris? Sure. It's called Boss Maple.
1: Oh. Uh. So,
0: any speculations?
1: <sighs> she's got to become some... She, she's going to become like some sort of Candy Mafia Don or something like that. <laughs>
0: And in five weeks, we'll be talking NSYNC. Just just so you can have the NSYNC countdown. Awesome. <laughs> All right, you guys, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. Did you know that you were actually two months behind on Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons? My patrons over on Patreon have access to more episodes of this show, as well as behind-the-scenes content. Patreon is a great way for you to support this podcast and my website, Geeky Girl Experience, with multiple tiers of content that you can choose from. If you become a patron, you'll get your name shouted out in the episodes, as well as my never-ending gratitude. You can sign up today at www.patreon.com geekygirlexperience. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time, and I love you guys. Bye!